everyone. Welcome to episode 86 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis. That over there is Alex. And Alex, my dude, how are you feeling these days, man? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I know. I feel like uh, anytime Ric Flair is in like a submission hold, and he's just like, oh, God, oh, ah. Dude, that's really good because you you're, you have a good point. He always turned into coughing on his deathbed whenever he was being choked. A lot of guys will just strain and make the red face, but he really looked yeah, like yeah, he was dying. The, the, exactly. Like, you got your Bret Hart's and your British Bulldogs and Mr. Perfect's, and they won't go that extra mile. Flair made it, like, into this huge production, which was always really funny but uh yeah i don't know what the heck is going on with my stomach it apparently hates me it doesn't want me to uh, i'm over here i called in sick to work i'm i'm sweating sweating wow. the oldies over here and uh yeah lots of good stuff going on um hopefully i uh i i went to the doctor this morning uh they they said i don't have an ulcer which is good news but also like okay then what the hell's my problem so, yeah Huh, well, yeah, I hope well, to get that sorted out, man, because it's uh, people are probably curious, like, why hasn't that drunk friend been in my rotation lately? And, well, yeah. we had some uh, some bouts and not feeling too good. But uh, happy to have you here today. You feeling at least good enough to do to do a podcast today? Huh? Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. Let's go. Let's roll. Rock and roll. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we turned into the Fonz there for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, so we should let the audience know that um, I did try and join the interview with our guest last night. Uh, but I was basically confined to the bathroom. Uh, I, I know that's probably TMI, but mm. uh, well, you were in there playing yeah, your Game no. Boy, and that's it. That's all you were doing in there. <laughs> Nothing weird. <laughs> yep, playing good old fashioned Game Boy Golf. Yeah, well, sick in the bathroom. Yep, but um, I I did jump in for like I don't know what was it five minutes, and then the stomach, like the nausea got like super intense again, so I had to go back and yeah. And uh, it uh, started a, a whole series of ridiculous uh, follies and errors and bad things. And it made me divorce permanently Adobe Audition. Fuck you, Adobe Audition. I'm yeah. done with your ass. Yeah, done it, with your ass. It mistreated you there. We, you hopped in. We had some conversations. You left. The the file corrupted. And then today, and I got to say, it's maybe my proudest, my proudest feat as an editor uh, for Polymedia Network. I was able to ghost edit you from existence. And so no one, we, we called it out here for funsies, but hopefully folks won't tell too much. It'll be too jarring to know that <laughs> there was another man Whoa. in that conversation that you'll never hear from. <laughs> another man. <laughs> another man uh, in there. Yeah, he, he uh, yeah, and he, uh, I, sometimes I wish I could just delete my audio from everything you know i just have <laughs> some of those days like can i call up trav and have him delete me from tuesday july 7th or thursday july 7th it'll cost you like it'll cost you yeah yeah oh yeah pretty penny i'm sure <laughs> but um you uh are, are chugging back away on the old youtube you did a big video on the three little ninja brothers games yeah uh, the first one titled kung fu heroes which uh, for me, I played that one, I want to say, a year ago, two years ago. It was a Patreon request from way back when. Mm. Um, and it's one of those games, in my opinion, where it looks a certain way and it looks like it could be bad. It's mm -hmm. like it's, it's kind of got that NES flickeriness to it. Yeah. It's, it looks kind of low rent, kind of cheap. Classic culture brain stuff, really. Oh, yeah. But yep. um, it's still a fun game, though. But... Uh, yeah, it turns out there's two other games. There's uh, another one where they completely changed the name Little Ninja Brother. 
And then uh, also, uh, was it uh, Super Chinese 3, I think, that never left Japan? Right, exactly. So the, the series in Japan is just the Super Chinese games. And then when they brought them to the U.S., they changed the names of them as they went. But they end up being pretty good. I mean, they're all related. Uh, but the first one is very much just, you know, what you described. You run around and flickery punch and flickery kick and flickery moonsault your way around until you get, get to leave. But the second and third ones open it up, big RPG open world map. You can play two-player, run around, talk to townspeople, go fight enemies uh, like in random encounters. So uh, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was a, a pretty neat uh, thing. I didn't realize that those two games that are in the NES uh, catalog there, Kung Fu Heroes and Little Ninja Brothers, had no idea they were even linked until I started the video. I was just going to do a Kung Fu Heroes uh, yeah. video, and then I got most of the way through the script and happened to read something on Wikipedia, and I was like, I'll God damn it. Now I have to go play two more games. I thought I was about to wrap this up, but uh, it ended up being a really, really fun experience. And I think those are, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, it's hard to uncover some hidden gems out here these days. Oh, I know. I know. I had my fingers crossed when we I said it. That's the new rule. You can say it with your that. fingers crossed. We just got out of court. We just <laughs> ended that lawsuit. Oh, my God. They said if, well, as long as we have our fingers crossed when we say it, we, it's no, okay. no, no, no takesy backsies. But, <laughs> that is the exact legal definition that, yes. that, that was laid out to us. Yes, fingers crossed. But it, in and I think those games are known uh, commodities. But thankful, um, thankful to you because I was like, man, Super Chinese Three. I don't know if you can. I'm trying to find a translation for it, and you're like, actually, mm. one came out last month. Boom. Yeah, I was able to yeah. to show people that, and it, that seemed to be um, news to a lot of folks who really wanted that. So. We did it. Yeah, I'm curious to know if you ran into any funny dialogue in any in either of those later two games where, you know, just something goofy that maybe doesn't translate very well. Was there? Did you come across anything like that? Nothing that really stood out. I, I, it, it's kind of a, a goofy story. They talk kind of staccatically and weirdly yeah. anyway. That's like not not a good, uh, not a believable conversation to start with. But I didn't catch anything too awkward. I, I would have loved to, but. I, I well I, I asked that because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, RPGs like my fa one of my favorites is uh, in Secret of Mana when you first get to the Gold City, like a little more than halfway through the game, uh, you show up. Is it Gold City or it's I forget which city. It's it's more than halfway through the game. You show up to like some village for the first. You talk to somebody for the first time. You get this happy music, and the person says. Hello, welcome to town. And then they say, wait, what am I doing? I don't like you. Or something like that. It was like really disorienting. Right. Like, well, what did I do? I just showed up. Like, this is, <coughs> this is weird. Like, what? Like, there's all sorts of, like, Earthbound has tons of stuff like that, too. Where it's like, yeah, I had a one-man solitaire tournament and I lost my shirt. Or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so, yeah. I'm always, I'm always curious to see if any of that stuff uh makes it into uh, the translation or yeah even I in the the original localization i didn't play them through um they're a bit longer i just got a flavor i bet there's some stuff in there though i bet there's some there's some golden in their heels if you dug far enough i bet there'd be something weird especially given that the third one was translated by you know it's fan it's fan created translation there might be something in there mm. uh but you know what you out there still plugging away we got to we got to see some Fievel. He's out there. He's heading west. One of my favorite cartoon series as a kid. Uh, I've never played the Super Nintendo game though. Yeah, it's really, really, really simple. Uh, it's like five levels split up into two. I think it's two stages each. Mm. Uh, 
run to the right, shoot stuff. It it's follows the movie. That's basically it. Uh, I did get a few comments saying, um, if it's Philo goes west, why is he moving to the east? Right. And I wish I had. Th- I wish I, it's one of those where it's like, damn it, I wish I had thought of that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a good point. Um, Fievel goes east in the game, but he goes west in the movie. Um, I remember seeing the movie uh, as a kid. In fact, it's one of the first movies I remember seeing in theaters back in like '91, I think. And I remember really liking it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a Disney thing at the time, but uh, it was not. But um, it's it's a good story. It's it's a fun little movie. It's a lot of great voice. Like J- that's uh, Jimmy Stewart's last role before he died. Uh, really, he plays the old the old sheriff guy uh, dog. Um, and John Cleese is in it, and it's it's got a lot of really great voices in that movie. So, yeah, since you have a a wee one, uh, <laughs> she might she might like that movie. So you never know. But I have uh, a wee I, one I always... and a wee U. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's that. That game is very straightforward, very simple. Then there's also a uh, sink or swim, otherwise known as SOS, uh, and this is your classic Amiga nonsense. I mean, it, I don't think it originated on Amiga. I think it originated on DOS, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, this this game is uh, very, very, very ugly. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those where it's like uh, a cl- it looks like a clown vomited on the screen. Um, it's just it's like just because you can put every color possible into the game doesn't mean you should. So it's very ugly but it is a fun puzzle platformer along the lines of stuff like lemmings and uh i always really liked crusty's fun house when i was a kid um those those were always fun games uh so i did i did find this one pretty fun it's just so freaking ugly and the music sucks too which doesn't help but um (laughs) those are two uh lesser known not gonna say the word not gonna say the phrase you can cross your fingers uh Lesser, oh, I can cross my fingers. I don't, I wouldn't go as far as call them the hidden gems, though. Mm. Would, would not go that far, but right. But they're 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 fine. One comment uh, I get every once in a while is, um, and this is kind of, you know, d- d- I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit here. Um, I get this comment every once in a while where it's like, yeah, sometimes I'm at a used video game store, and. I see some of these games for sale for really cheap. Like I saw somebody you'll see Five Goes West for like four dollars, or Sink or Swim for like six dollars, and I'm like, well, what the heck is this? What is this game? And I pull up your channel, and I'm able to see that you've done a review on this game, and I can pick out for myself based on what you say in the footage and all that if I want to get it. And it's like, thank you. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point of the channel. So people are like in the store on their phone looking up videos and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. So uh, I'm gl- I'm very very happy to provide uh, that service, even if uh, next week I have to sit through Nickelodeon Guts, which is <laughs> really maybe a top five worst Super Nintendo game. It's freaking terrible. But yes, I always love. You know, we I, I know you talk later on uh, with our guest uh, NES Complex about bad comments and like what 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 kind of comments do you always get and like it's uh, I, I'm really trying hard to focus on the positive stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, I I do get those comments every once in a while, and it makes me feel good. So that is awesome. Yeah. It's good because you've always said you've wanted the channel to be useful, and clearly that's exactly yeah. what you had in mind. I mean, and that's that's good to hear. And that's basically what I wanted when uh, I, you know, when I used to go to 
you know, game back mm-hmm. when GameStop had stuff. It's like I wish I could just pull up a video or something like that and uh, on my phone or maybe just like a review and something that sums up the game, makes shows some footage. Here's what it is. Do I want this? Yeah, nah, maybe it's worth a shot, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I, I'm I'm happy that uh, people find that s- sort of content useful, even if it is for two not great, very average games like Five Will Goes West and <laughs> Sink or Swim. Yeah, I the way I use your channel uh, or I've used it in the past for sure is I had a little list of like a little want list and i would jot down you know ah, i think one of them okay. was like firepower 2000 you you tend to think oh, that yeah, one was yeah. pretty I cool own that one yeah and uh top, I, top down shoot 'em up that's freaking impossible never beat it but it's a fun game yeah and i would put a little note beside it, it was like you know this is snes drunk and like i I've, like just to say that i didn't just want it because of the cover there was i saw a gameplay and <laughs> thought it was cool and yeah, uh, yeah. It, it added a little bit more um, weight to to the want list. I'm like, oh, that one's been drunk for sure. So that's been vetted. I know that's a good one yeah. I need to pick up. Uh, I actually yeah. just picked up Firepower 2000 recently, too, thanks to you. I haven't tried it Oh, out have yet. you played it yet? I haven't put it in yet, but I'm um, looking forward to it. Also, Ignition oh. Factor. I picked that one. I was on a fire rampage. I picked up both of those. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should mention, uh, speaking of used games and speaking of uh, buying stuff, random stuff, um, I'm holding in my hand right now. This is a preview for a guest we'll have on sometime soon. He's a, a repeat guest. Um, I ordered uh, a set of one-up cards. Uh, oh. That's um, our video game cartridge cleaners. Um, yeah, those are nice. From uh, Mr. John Riggs. And they have uh, his face emblazoned on them. <laughs> uh, so these are official John Riggs one-up cards and one-up card fluid. It's just the isopropyl, however you say that, uh, alcohol stuff. Right. Uh, and you just, and they work awesome. So uh, yeah, we'll have to shout those out uh, when he's on again sometime soon in the future. But um, yeah, I picked these up and they work amazing because... Uh, yeah, when I uh, the last time I bought um, a few different, uh, uh, I got uh, you know I, I I think I mentioned on this podcast before uh, I went to Seattle visited Pink Gorilla mm-hmm. picked up some games I got like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Fighting Edition and Legendary Wings and some really good stuff uh, Super Adventure Island two and I took those one up cards uh, the John Riggs approved one up cards and cleaned the hell out of them and they work great that's so, awesome. Yeah, Heck yeah. Uh, just giving a quick preview and a shout out. I do like those cards quite a bit. I need to re up my. Um, and he was the one that showed them or made me buy them too. So all John rigs all day long on those one up cards. But I need to I need to restock. Yeah, I got to take him to task on his logo though because he's got the hat and he's got the glasses, but his beard is brown. No, oh, come on. I thought he had a red beard. That's kind of reddish blonde. I yeah, guess maybe if you blonde. I guess maybe if you average that out, it's brown. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I'm just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, sh- should I read this first email here from Klaus? Oh, let get let's get Klaus up. Klaus, uh, Klaus loves a good email. Let's go. All right. <clears throat> and uh, the subject here is reproduced childhood memories. And he just jumps right into it. He says, I grew up with the Super Nintendo and N64. One day my mother decided to throw away the SNES because it only collected dust anyway. We found out years later, and she happily told us over a decade after that, that some young man at the garbage disposal was very happy to take the whole box from me. That means I still have my old SNES controllers, 
power cable, video cables, and the SNES mouse pad, but not the console or the mouse. Uh, half the games for both systems, Super Nintendo N64, are gone, including many boxes that were in good shape and had manuals, etc. in them. So now in my 30s, I'm slowly rebuilding my collection, but find I am not really eager to spend 60 euro or $70 on a single game, let alone hundreds, for some of the rare or just weirdly high-priced games. I bought some reproduction cartridges for the N64 and SNES recently, and I'm really pleased with them. I don't want full sets for my consoles. I just want to own the games I really like and know I will replay in the future. And I agree with that. I'm all about uh, all killer, no filler. Like, if I if I own a game, like, that that's one reason I can't be a completist type. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really don't want to own Bill Ampere's Combat Basketball because mm. I'm just going to look at it and I'm going to feel bad. <laughs> so I, I agree with all all killer, no filler. Uh, even if my killer is like 140 cartridge, well, 150 cartridges now, I think. Hey, look at but, you. Uh, anyway, he goes on saying, basically, I aim for the real deal if I can get them for less than 20 euro, but I buy repros for everything else unless the game is super dear to my heart. In my re- in my view, repros are perfectly <laughs> fine for. I don't know why I went Jr. There, <laughs> you but, did. Uh, in my view, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I he- I hear or read that phrase, I hear it in Jr.'s voice. In my view, repros are perfectly fine for a casual collection like mine. But I know there is quite the opposition out there. What are your thoughts on repros? Do you own some? Do you despise them? What are your, your experiences with them? Do you have any NES repros or N64 any any repros at all? Uh, no, and uh, I don't I don't think I I don't really have a position on them as long as they're clearly marked as repro. That way, when they're out in the yes. wild, folks know yes. what they're getting. Um, but no, I don't have an issue with them. I think at some point I'll probably get a repro of Stadium Events and Little Samson because I'll never find those. Might as well um, just go ahead and fill those in. But I think you know if I'm just going to do that, I would just just ever drive and emulate i don't really yeah you know i kind of want and this is just personal my collection i i kind of like going out and hunting and finding the actual real deal stuff uh Mm -hmm. i like that more than you know anything that could replace it but um yeah i don't i don't own any what about you do you have any i don't but um just like you i i would rather flash cart that stuff uh and do it that way one thing I did really like, uh, there was a store, a video game store in South St. Paul back when I lived there. They had uh, cartridges, boxes of repros that were made of ROM hacks. Like they had Link to the Past Parallel Worlds, um, a couple others, I forget. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. Uh, the fact, cause it, but at the same time, they were clearly kind of going for a bait and switch kind of a deal like there was uh. no, no indication that they weren't official games they were hoping somebody would would see it and be like oh that, i've never seen that game before i'm gonna get it and not realizing it that uh it's it's actually a rom hack being played in a repurposed cartridge of madden 94 or whatever but um so i don't like that like you said, like I, it needs to be clearly labeled a card. But at the same time, the some of the artwork on the labels and the box art and stuff like that is really awesome. It's really really cool. Um, especially the Zelda stuff I've seen out there is is just like man. If I'd seen this when I was a kid, I would have lost my shit. 
but um, <laughs> I have nothing against people that like want to get repros. Big deal. Like, I'm not going to be like some purist about it. But if you go that route, make sure it's clearly marked a repro. Uh, yes. Lest you please. get ripped, lest, lest you get ripped off. And a lot so, of people yeah. will say like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to have it my collection and stuff like that. But like, and this is kind of like a far-fetched example, but like if something happens and your games get sold off, God forbid something happens to you, they still will find their way out there and they will look right. real, you know? And plus when you when you pay premium dollar for some of these repros, it's like you're just kind of enabling these people to keep doing it and mm -hmm. keep, you know, that bait and switch act going, which nobody likes that, so... Yeah, nothing personal against repros. It's, they're just not my thing. I'd rather... I love my uh, flash cart more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Um, next email here is from Jonathan. It says uh, It's titled Indie Email. Indie Email. He says, Hi, I sent an email way back in the beginning of your show, and I'm happy you're still going. This one will be short and sweet. I'm a retro gamer at heart, but a short time ago, I got a Switch. And I have been loving the huge indie library on the system. There is so much going on with the indie development that the sheer volume of games that look great can be overwhelming. What I love is that so much development is fueled by retro enthusiasts and dev teams and is in the format of old games or is a quote-unquote love letter to old games. Evo Land 2 would be a good example, are you familiar? As would the very well-known Shovel Knight, etc. If you could ever get these guys on as guests, I think that would provide great content for you guys, uh, like Clemmy from Best Indie Games or Concerned Ape, the solo developer of Stardew Valley. I love when the small teams of fans create some interesting game that's better than a huge developer. The new problem, though, is getting through the damn backlog. Take care and keep doing what you're doing. Jonathan. All right, well... I know you're a big fan of Stardew Valley, Alex. Uh, I don't know if you yes. cut if you finally cut the cord on that addiction or not, but uh, yeah, it, it would be cool to talk to some folks that are responsible for great games like that. Well, this is your chance to plug IndieQuest. I was going to segue into that. I was going to do yeah. that for sure. Yeah, so I just ruined your segue. <laughs> well, I was going to get your hot take on Stardew Valley <laughs> first, but it seems like you, you're still fighting that addiction, and maybe you can't talk about it, and that's okay. So, <laughs> yeah, re rehab is not going well. <laughs> so, um, so Jonathan, yeah, if you are interested in in hearing more about indie games and maybe catching an interview or two with indie game developers, I definitely recommend uh, checking out IndieQuest on polymedianetwork.com, our little network of shows here. Uh, my pal Steve, uh, Josh Leslie, who, who uh, Alex famously can't pronounce his name, but he made the logo Josh for... Leslie. Yep. Josh Leslie. Yeah, I think that's his name, right? Yep, the one and very same, the guy who uh, uh, made the logo for Drunk Friend and our other pal, Captain Drachma, who's responsible for getting most of the guests on this show. Those three have uh, collaborated on that podcast, and they've recently uh, done some interviews. They uh, just recently interviewed uh, the creator of Archvale, which is a, a fantastic yeah. indie game. And that was a great interview. That's a great get, too, because that game is... Well, I mean, Drachma was the guy that uh, mm -hmm. introduced that game for me. Uh, and uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I love the indie scene and in that it's, you, can, you really can be just one guy and just create this entire freaking world. Uh, like Stardew Valley, uh, Concerned Ape. Um, his name is like Eric something, I forget. But um, he would be a better guest for IndieQuest. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would love to pick that guy's brain about anything. It's just that once you get that insanely successful, 
because uh, Stardew Valley is a massive, massive success. Like it's the community is huge. Uh, I don't really use Reddit for much anymore, but I still stubbornly subscribe to the Stardew Valley subreddit just because everybody there is so dang nice mm-hmm. uh, and and funny too. They come up with some real fun, fun stuff or run into some fun problems. And the guy is uh, um, concerned. Ape is very active on Twitter. He like regularly answers uh you know dms or ats or what or whatever uh he's always talking to fans um yeah it'd be it'd be lovely it'd be a lovely time i don't know why i said that word but it would be a lovely time to talk to him uh uh and just pick his brain about what that was like i know uh, i have seen an interview i don't think he does a whole lot of interviews but uh, because he's usually busy working Mm -hmm. but um i i know one interview uh where he met the creator of harvest moon and they, because uh, Harvest Moon is obviously like the huge, I, you could basically call it a predecessor to uh, Starter Valley. It was really cool to see those two people. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the Harvest Moon guy, but they were just shooting the shit about like, hey, what what do you think of this idea for this game? What what did you do for this? What made you want to do this? And oh, I love your game. You know, it was great. It was great to watch. Um, and I know that the Concerned Ape guy does have another game coming out that may kind of sort of tie into the world of Stardew Valley. It's called, like, The Haunted Chocolatier or something along those lines. If, I don't think oh. I'm getting that right. Let me see. It's it, And it's more action-oriented. Yeah, Haunted Chocolatier. Uh, no release date yet for that, I don't think. But it's got the same simple visual presentation. Uh, it looks awesome. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, the music sounded great. I've only seen a couple trailers for it, but yeah, it's way more combat oriented, more adventure oriented, puzzle oriented, that sort of thing. So yeah, can't wait for that. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I want to stress, uh, yeah, if you, if you want more indie stuff, indie quest should be your go-to. Yeah. Listen to that Arch, Archvale, uh, episode. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, definitely start there. They do a bunch of stuff. They just had a recent episode that was just, um, uh soundtracks for for indie games they were going through those so mm. good stuff you can get you can get in deep with that uh with the indie stuff over there with those guys a little nerdy about the indie games actually it's kind of weird <laughs> hey, come on guys <laughs> don't be so weird about it <laughs> you can't help but just like in fact those guys are weird <laughs> just gotta, i gotta slag them a little bit that's uh that's how we show love you know what <laughs> a second thought those guys are freaking weird strange but, right yeah, yeah. Now we've got another email uh, from Blake called Hans Gruber's Street Pizza. That's a a promising title. That's a good way to get me to open it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, drunk friends. I was listening to Alex Bimone making the SNES soccer game video. And it made me wonder, are there any games you dread covering for your respective consoles? Yeah, they're called Nickelodeon Guts. (laughs) Do you have it, though? Do you have the guts? No, I don't want your guts. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are there any videos you've done so far, or I'm sorry, are there any videos you've done that you felt didn't get the love it deserved? Hmm. That, what is your favorite video you've done so far? As a fan, my favorite has been Alex's Every Action RPG and Trav's Guess the NES Game. Bring that one back, he says. Uh, happy birth, happy birthday. <laughs> happy, fr- happy birthday, Blake. Happy uh, birthday. Happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday, Blake. Ah, oh, good questions. 
Yeah, um, by the way, those guess the NES game things were, were pretty fun where you compare yeah. the uh, Famicom cover and the uh, the uh, NES, the Americanized version. Uh, those, those are a lot of fun because some of them are completely, utterly different. Yeah, I should bring those back. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Other, you should do other... Con- I know you're the NES friend, mm-hmm. but you should uh, expand that out for other consoles. Yeah, I'm always impressed when I see those like you know japanese covers of sega saturn games i just saw a recent japanese cover for uh sega saturn doom that looked weird i was like huh i mean it's it's still recognizable as doom but uh it's like doom guy looks like um he just looks like bruce willis like he's not wearing his get up it's strange <laughs> but anyway this is you have a lot to pull from for this like are there any videos that you've done and this is something i've wanted to ask you for a while actually that you felt didn't get the love it deserves something you're very proud of but the 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 view numbers or the the comments it just didn't get the traction you were hoping for um you know sometimes yeah i'm trying to think uh i guess i selfishly kind of wish you know lps that i did did a little better um i did get a big response for the ninja turtle shredders revenge playthrough mm. which i played through like an hour of that game right right uh that was fun i know it seems like every episode i bring up sports games I, I wish more people appreciated older sports games. I'm always a little bit wary to do a video on a game like, say, like what was the most recent one I did? Super Baseball Sim 1000. Uh, that game's fun, and that it's it's got all sorts of cartoony ridiculousness. Lots of power ups you can you can get your your players. Like my favorite is the one where, uh, if if you trigger this power up as a hitter. Uh, every uh, if you make contact with the ball, it will be a line drive, and it, if it manages to hit a player, it will take that player all the way to the wall, like smashing him against the wall. And I'm like, <laughs> man, that's awesome! That is the greatest. So, I you know sometimes when I you know I, I can't complain because it still has let's see, it still has forty seven thousand views. So it's like, well, that's fine. You know, that's that's obviously really good, but. At the same time, it's like, man, I, uh, you know, I, I'm always wary to dive into the old sports game uh, category because uh, it's that stuff. People shy away from that stuff, and I wish yeah. they wouldn't because a lot of those games are a lot of fun. Um, it, here, the, speaking of uh, the uh, covers, here, let me let me show you this. Okay, you know, you know this. Uh, again, we're at an audio medium here, but uh, let me show you this. Uh, we we've got tough enough the cover of tough enough. Oh, I love that cover though. You'll, yeah, it's great. Are you tough enough master the moves to master me? I hey don't punk, master that guy. like he just says, hey punk, punk. Like you want me to buy this after you called me that? <laughs> you insulted me. So this is the Japanese cover and title. It's it's called Dead Dance. <laughs> it what? looks it looks like a what? a music video from like the early eighties. Uh, it looks like Jan Michael Vincent in the background. Uh, it's Holy very, cow. very strange and, v- and very different, but, uh, wow. yeah, see, that would be a great one. I think there's a lot you can do, uh, with covers on Super Famicom, Super Nintendo. In fact, if you want, I can, I can join you on that video. We'll do a collab. There you go. Cl- collab. So make sure that, uh, you get all, I, I'll, I could give you all the good ones. Cause that, that's all, although that one's probably the best. Cause it's so freaking stupid. Gosh, that looks like Michael Bean in a pixie cut. Like it's, <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> He's got a headband oh like underneath gosh. his hair. 
And what are those shoulder pads even attached to? They're like bolted into his tank top. I don't even understand. Th- that is incredible. Yeah. That's, oh, he's uh, got some nice cleavage too. I know. I didn't realize that. Like he's got some nice boobs. Honestly, first thing I noticed. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> first thing I noticed. Uh, what about you? What what videos do you do you wish got more love? Ah, uh, man, is it cheap to say all of them? Um, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at my list here, thinking about that, and. I think the ones that I'm most proud of are near the top, but I'm I'm surprised that like my Star Wars one didn't get like isn't yeah. one of my more popular ones because I really did enjoy the first Star Wars game. I think that's kind of a hot take for a lot of folks. Um, yeah, it's a licensed game. It, it you'd think yeah. you know people love licensed stuff. They love <laughs> learning about that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That one for sure. Um, and some of the longer compilation ones that, for the same reasons you said, people like the sports ones, but also I had a lot of fun doing the game show ones, when, and I knew no one would care. But those end up being the most fun for me because I can I can kind of clown and goof my way through them. Uh, they end yeah, up yeah. being longer, too. But uh, I guess yeah. I'm not I'm not s- sad because I, <laughs> I know I know exactly yeah. I wouldn't click on that video either. But there's some there's some golden in their heels, folks. Please check out the game show episodes. They're well, pretty funny. Well, that's the thing is that it's it's clear once it's clear that you're having fun making those then mm-hmm. yeah that may gives all the more incentive to to watch them so yeah i will say i just remembered uh I, it used to be a meme uh for for me in my old discord that the game boy advance videos i did would never get any views like there are some and and to this day i still get like comments asking like do you, are you ever going to do Game Boy Advance? Like, I've done like 25 Game Boy Advance reviews and some are are for games that are really effing good like uh let me pull up the playlist here. I haven't done one in a while, but there's one uh based on Lilo and Stitch. Is it Lilo and Stitch or Lilo and Stitch? Lilo, Lilo, movie. Lilo, Lilo. Yeah, there there you go. That's classic uh Trav right there. Lilo, <laughs> Lilo. But um yeah, I love uh, Game Boy Advance, especially I've got a bunch of stuff queued up that I want to get to for Game Boy Advance. Did you know there was a uh, version of Tony Hawk 2? Uh, I'm sorry, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 uh, on Game Boy Advance, and it was completely like remade from the ground up. It's not anything like any of the other games, but it's really good. Like This game is it's super fun. It's... Uh, it's got the controls nailed down perfectly. It's it's like and then when I post that video, it's gonna get like, you know, maybe sixty percent of the views I normally get. For whatever reason, I'm not even sure why. There's all there's all sorts of great Game Boy Advance stuff like uh Max Payne has a Game Boy Advance version that's that's another thing completely reinvented. There's all sorts of weird games like Sigma Star Saga, uh Konami Crazy Racers is a fun one. Uh, Iridian 2 is a fun shoot 'em up. Astro Boy, Omega Factor. Like, there's a lot of like really good games on on Game Boy Advance, and th- for whatever reason, they just don't get as many views. So, I guess that's my answer. Interesting. All right, I didn't I didn't even uh, know about that. the The Game Boy Advance is kind of an a front an open frontier for me. I know it's kind of like like a lot of other Nintendo systems, uh, just drowning in licensed shovel yes. shit if, if someone's out there i'm crossing my fingers if someone out there knows where the hidden gems are uncrossing them uh please send them uh send them to alex so that he can yeah, get cracking it was really <laughs> i was really looking forward to going to uh pink gorilla mm. and uh and getting some game boy advance stuff that was kind of number one on my list because i have 
I'm lucky enough to have an analog pocket already. And it's like those GBA games absolutely pop on that screen. They look oh, yeah. so good. There's no more bleariness. There's no more like everything is super bright and super. It just looks so good. So I'm on a big uh, Game Boy Advance uh, binge, basically, and Game Boy in general. But um, yeah, when I went to Pink Gorilla, it was nothing but like Nickelodeon games, Cartoon Network games, uh, just stuff I didn't care about. You know, it was all like $8, $10 games that stuff I had zero interest in playing. I was I was hoping to find like, you know, at least some like first party like Superstar Saga or maybe even a Pokemon or something like that, like th- that I could pick up or... God forbid, uh, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, is it Minish Cap? Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's one I've barely spent any time with that I really want to dive into. Couldn't find it. Nothing. All they had was Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon stuff and SpongeBob and not even the... To- and Oh, and of course, all those like... For whatever reason, Game Boy Advance has like a million horse riding games. Oh, so many horses, man. That's the... Oh, my God. Uh, just Horchacho Central over there. I don't know how you say horse <laughs> in Spanish. Um yeah yeah for sure i I think it's caballo there you go yes but yeah (laughs) Mm, good guess probably right uh and then what is your what's the favorite video you've done i always point to um the earthbound video i did which is Mm. god it was like five years ago i spent so much time i spent like six months uh making that one uh playing through the game again uh jotting down notes i jotted down like pages pages and pages of notes and distilled everything down so it was, you know, still, I think it's like an eight, nine minute video or something like that. Because that's a very tricky game to talk about because it's different, but mm-hmm. still good. But it's hard to, like, get across, like, what that game, why, what makes that game so good. So I was really proud to do that one. And uh, in that same timeline, uh, at that same time frame, I should say, uh, the video on all three Donkey Kong Country games um, was a lot of fun to make too because I got to air out my feelings about how I think the first Donkey Kong Country is overrated, not that good. It's got some serious problems like uh, blind jumps and just ridiculous like artificial difficulty. It's a fun speed run game and you know I'm not taking away anybody's it's like oh it's a childhood blah 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 it's like whatever. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's that's fine. I'm not here to to take away your childhood. You can you, you can robbed that my up. childhood, Alex. That I, game's I, perfect. I, I, I don't want your child. I don't want your childhood. He's mocks. Come on. Want it. <laughs> so I don't want your life, and I don't want your childhood. I definitely don't want so, your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep keep all that stuff. Keep your memories. Don't let me ruin them. I just I. I guess what made that one fun to to watch or fun to watch fun to make was um I uh always kind of didn't like that game when I was a kid and I always like uh, this game just doesn't really click for me why is that so it was fun to like I'm one of those weirdos I like understanding why I don't like something mm-hmm. so I like doing like kind of a deep dive on like well why is this what let's let's examine what is this and our guest coming up is 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 a very good at doing stuff like that he's, yes. he's a very introspective uh deep thinker type he's an instructor uh and he he thinks about stuff the same way so I really like his channel for that aspect Absolutely. I think that's a good segue. Uh, and be- ah, got his ass. Yeah. Well, I will say before we segue out, I think, I think my favorite video that I've done uh, probably oh, yeah, yeah. 
probably the Star Tropics uh, one and two. That was a good one. I, I enjoyed that one. See, I think you should. Just my opinion. I think you should do more of that stuff. I think you should dive into like Dragon Warrior. I think you should do more of those more ambitious NES games. That, just, uh, uh, just time. Those are big, uh, big junkies. Yep. Big junkies. Yep. But uh, I'd like yep. to. That's. That's when you throw on the flash cart and save state your way through it, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of big, chunky NES stuff, man, coming up, we got NES Complex, and if you're not familiar, the name should give it away, dude. This guy, lots of great videos about the NES. Nostalgic stuff, I mean, you, I, I, I bring it up, but when you watch his videos, I swear, you can smell the room you were in when you first played your Nintendo. It's <laughs> it's good stuff. I don't think I want, that's the thing, I don't think I want to smell that, Uh all I the Diet Mountain Dew yeah. stains on the rug, uh, the crappy futon I had to sit on to and, and ruin my back as a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not a great smell, but uh, it, it's a time-traveling smell. You, you know where you are when you true. smell it. So, it's yeah. true, yeah. So stay tuned for an, yeah, <laughs> for an Alex-less interview. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, I've been sick. Uh, I planned on being there. Uh, I... <laughs> didn't it didn't end up working out but uh yeah uh i hope you enjoy this uh interview it's good stuff hey there polymedia family this is kevin and i'm here to tell you about the brand new podcast uncle doug's dvd bin hitting the polymedia lineup now i know what you're thinking what the heck is an uncle doug and why is there a podcast about his dvd bin well Uncle Doug is a non-familial uncle, if you can wrap your mind around that one, for Trav and myself, and he gave us a massive bin of DVDs. So, every episode, we pull a new DVD out of the bin, and we cover it. We take those favorite movies of yours, everything from Dirty Dancing to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, give you some facts, tell you the plot, and make a whole pile of jokes. Heck, you even learn a little more about the mysterious Uncle Doug each episode. The best part? It's available wherever you get podcasts. So give us a download, a listen, a subscribe, and if you're feeling five-star, heck, give us a rating. And just like our Uncle Doug always says, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, Chris, Mr. NES Complex. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here on the Drunk Friend Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yes, yeah. We had to, we had to punt a couple times. That's why we've had a big lull in our release schedule here for a few weeks because we've been, we've been having a hard time keeping everybody on the team healthy here. Alex is actually kind of game time uh, sick right now, so hopefully he can jump into the conversation here in a bit. So it's just going to be... Uh, you and I starting out, but um, right on. Just to yeah, just to get us started here, that NES Complex YouTube channel. I I knew it long ago what it was. Uh, I took a break from it. I think you took a break from it. But here over the last couple of years, it's been awesome. Can, tell us a little bit about what people can find on NES uh, Complex's YouTube channel. Okay, so I, I guess I should kind of say something about myself though. Uh, I'm a history teacher. And, you know, we all share this love of gaming, but I kind of combine the two things. So for a while, when I first started about a decade ago, I was making NES uh, kind of reviews, just asking the question, is it fun? But as time has gone by, I, I just kept getting more and more into the research side of things and finding unique tidbits that maybe people don't talk that much about, really digging into 
interviews and articles and books and magazines trying to do a lot of research. And then because I'm a teacher, it, it's important. I wanted to really try to make it um, informative, interesting. I teach 12-year-olds, so if I can make them laugh, <laughs> if I can be interesting for them, I'm thinking maybe hopefully I could translate that over into my videos. So basically I do historical retrospectives and then deep dive, well-researched videos about the the history and the little secret stories that are forgotten that people don't, not that many people know about and glitches and that sort of thing all lumped together in one video in a series I call Declassified. Yes. And that series, that's, that's the one that's been catching my eye lately. In fact, I've done a big deep dive on your retrospectives and your declassifieds and it's very if if you people didn't know you were a history teacher, they would really want you to be one. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> the delivery and and the research on top of it, you can tell you have a passion for it. Uh, have you always been like that? Like even you know we we get to see a, a glimpse into your history with the NES through a lot of your videos. Um, even as a kid, were you kind of historically driven? Like you know whether it be the games or just the things you were interested in, has that always been a part of how you think? I, I don't think so. No, not really. I mean, video games have always been as long as I can remember, mm -hmm. but yeah, history, not so much. I didn't, I was actually at, at first I majored in literature and so I was doing a lot of reading. I tried to write a book, all that kind of thing back in early on. Um, but English, I don't think was really my thing. And so <laughs> I switched gears. I had a class with this professor who, uh, he was teaching at a community college, but he taught he he was taught at Oxford, so he came over here and and uh, he was so eccentric and weird, and would teach barefoot with a suit that was too big and a big old handlebar <laughs> mustache. He was kind of a, a weird character kind of guy, but he yeah. told stories, and so maybe the literature side of enjoying storytelling and realizing that history really is just stories that are true. Uh, I think that that's when I kind of was gripped by it, but. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't it, think as a kid I cared that much about history at all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I I think uh, I I have always had that more of a nonfiction air about me. Like even though I could, I liked things like Zelda and Mario. There was still a whole side of me that wanted to catalog it and oh, and right. understand it uh, as a something that was working rather than get into the lore of it. If that makes any sense. So oh I, okay. I, yeah, I didn't know if maybe if that was your thought process mirrored mine in that way. And we, we talked about it. there's a lot of YouTube retro gaming content out there, and it's it's almost becoming harder and harder to to stand apart. You know, unless you were around right. in the the boom era of maybe the late aughts, where you know if, if your channel existed around then and you stayed consistent with it, you could be in, you know incredibly well known now. But I mean, nowadays you're starting out, you really got to put in some in some hard work, and you you're clearly doing that like. Just a few minutes ago, I've been I've been knocking a few uh, of the videos that I've missed on your channel out over the last couple of weeks, and I'm astounded by the amount of research that must go into the, this stuff. Because in all of the YouTube con content or just in just gaming content in general that I soak up, I don't feel like I get a lot of this information just in in general. And I don't know. I'm just curious, what's your process like? How long does it take to put together one of these 25 to 30 minute declassified videos with all of this rich information and a lot of stuff that you're myth busting too? Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that was kind of my goal. I felt like what you were saying that so much content that it's hard to find a niche. It's hard to differentiate yourself. 
Um, you know, I had noticed that previous video, the style of video that I used to do, it just seemed to drop off. Like people just weren't interested. And, and I noticed there were other genres where there was a higher interest. And since I do like history and I like to research, I thought, well, I want to give this a try. Um, I'm friends, uh, with uh, Tyler from Generation Gap Gaming, and he was doing these Secrets Revealed videos, and we were talking a lot about that. And, and I had had this idea of, of trying to frame it more like I snuck into Nintendo's headquarters, and I'm in like a, a back room with file cabinets and like a gray brick wall. And I thought, what if I could present everything from that perspective? It would be kind of like a X-Files vibe is what I was going for. <laughs> but, and so, yeah, trying to find some sort of niche where what I enjoy about gaming and history and teaching and everything could be kind of rolled into one. So that's that series. But yeah, as far as the process goes, I start, um, I usually, I just start searching the title of the game and anyone who developed it. So Legend of Zelda, Miyamoto, Legend of Zelda, mm -hmm. Koji Kondo, whatever. Uh, and I'm looking for any interviews any uh, any classic things, sometimes translated from Japanese, mm -hmm. any primary sources to start with. And so when you, especially if you're dealing with a really popular game, there's there tends to be quite a bit out there. So looking for Zelda or Mario or Mario 2 or something like that, you're going to find a lot of information. But that that only covers so much, you know, uh, it, I have to end up reading second, secondary articles, other things that other people have written, or even watching videos of what other people uh, claim to have found. And so I'll watch other videos oftentimes after I've done my preliminary research, and they'll mention mm -hmm. something and I'm like, well, I didn't see that. I've, I've not seen that. So I'll keep searching until I find the source that that came from and see if there's any other tidbits that are missing. So... Um, the research process usually takes about six weeks and Yikes. that's not an exaggeration. So when it starts, I'm just listing every single detail as like a separate line on a running list on Google docs. So <laughs> it's just this massive list. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Just any weird thing. Uh, and then after I've got this massive list, uh, I mean, I try to exhaust everything. I look at every magazine I have, like all the Nintendo powers. I look at every, all the issues. Like I have one of those indexes that'll tell me um, which issues covered which games, that sort of thing. And, you know, any other history books like Game Over or uh, Video Game History, uh, any books like that. I'm just digging for every detail I can. And I make this massive running list and then I try to reorganize it into certain categories. So that's the basic process. The thing that sticks out is that it does seem very exhaustive and it, it doesn't come across as lazy at all. And I think it's easy to do that. When Thank you. you. I, that means a lot. <laughs> no, I'm guilty of it uh, on occasion where it's like, well, maybe, you know, instead of getting it right or wrong, I'll just leave that information out because I just don't feel like sifting through and looking for it. I'm just putting together a little bit of a video, you know, or I, it's not really what I'm focused on. So I'll just ignore that little quip uh, so that I, I'm not wrong, for example. But you go that extra route where you're trying to like, like, no, what's what is going on here? What's where did this information come from? Why was it misconstrued? And um, I don't know. I find that so fascinating. So even games that I thought I was very familiar with, like Zelda, for example, that's my favorite game from childhood, the mm. original Legend of Zelda. Uh, you mentioned it a lot in your videos and 
Uh, it, it's just, I'm drawn to it. And I thought I'm pretty much an expert on the legend of Zelda. Then I watched your video and I was like, I knew four things about the legend of Zelda. Everything else I knew <laughs> was, was either wrong or exaggerated to some degree. So it's, it's really impressive. And I'm, I'm wondering like, how difficult is it to cut through the misinformation that's out there? Like, um, is oh, there a lot of things lot. out there that, yeah, I was going to say like, no, there are, is a lot. Do you, do you feel do you, do people in the comments correct you with the with the myths? <laughs> you're I like, no, no, no. Say, I looked into I, this. No, I hate to say like sometimes people will, will correct me and they're not right, and I don't want right, to ever yeah. appear like any kind of arrogance or like I am a know it all. I don't think I'm a know it all, but I think mm -hmm. after I've researched for six weeks uh, every detail, it doesn't make me a know it all. But it just means that it, in this moment, I, I know you're wrong. But I I probably flushed most of that information out of my brain. Like if you people ask me about videos, I'm like, I, I don't even remember saying that necessarily anymore. Right. You know, it's right. not like I, I watched them a bunch of times afterward. Uh, I watched them a thousand times when I was editing them. But yeah, but yeah, so people will come up and they'll say things or they'll comment and, and they'll say things about uh, things I was wrong. And, and it's hard to it's hard to um, reply to them in a humble way. <laughs> right. But sometimes right. there's information out there that's been said so many times that people think it's true, but when you research it, it isn't true. So, for example, there there's this talk about um, Little Mac that he was originally going to be called Peter Punch, and I've seen this in a <laughs> lot of videos. I searched and searched and searched. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I did find where they referenced Peter Punch and they quoted where it was from. It was from Game Over. That, you know, that popular book, mm -hmm. uh, David Chef's Game Over. So I have Game Over. I searched and I couldn't find it. I searched all over the place. It wasn't in there. So I downloaded it as a PDF. I searched for the word Peter. Uh, Peter Main, Peter Lincoln, no Peter Punch. I searched for the word Punch. <laughs> punch out. There were references to both words, but never Peter Punch. So if you look in Wikipedia, even now, it will quote Peter Punch. Game Over. It gives a page number. It's not there. It's not in the wow. book. And, and so you'll see videos. People just are looking at Wikipedia and they'll cite that and it's not there. There's another That's one also, Little Mac, about that he was it was related to the Big Mac. Now, <laughs> if that is true, I have not found any primary source that proves it. I've just seen a bunch of secondary people say it. So I didn't feel justified talking about it. Right. Man, That's it's got to feel pretty good like you... Uh... I don't like you busted the case wide open, right? Like, In like you're closer to solving does. a murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the murder of Little Mac. Yeah, it's, yeah. It definitely. Definitely. It does feel that sometimes. There's a subtitle to your YouTube channel. It says Nostalgic Entertainment. And man, I feel like you you hit that right on the head on almost every video that I watch. I, I think I have like nostalgia syndrome because I've talked to my friends mm. about it and I think I'm just more susceptible to it than a lot of I am too yeah I want like full sensory nostalgic <laughs> overload like I want to like remember what the carpet smelled like in the room that I was in I want to hear the the music from the time like I really want to like take myself and sort of time travel to a specific period and, and kind of think about things within that context and uh some of your videos really do that for me in some weird way like i think it was just the nes retrospective or just like remembering the nintendo entertainment system i think was the name of it yeah 
and man that that triggered like some nostalgia like deep with it i didn't know like how to describe the feelings that i got like butterflies or moths or something in me but um <laughs> you do a really good job of eliciting all of that stuff and i think with uh you being a teacher I don't know if this is part of it, but the way that you just always ask questions in the video to get the the viewer mm. thinking about their own experience, freaking genius. Well, in that case, I I very specifically I studied what nostalgia is. <laughs> I was really yeah. wanting that to be nostalgic, and it wasn't just for people; like it's for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try to incorporate every single aspect that that uh. Not just, I, I did talk to a few friends too. Like, what are the things that really stand out to you? And it's like the static on the TV when you first turn it on. Like, how do you mm -hmm. capture that in a video? You have to show it, but it doesn't really capture the feel of it. Even if you add the sound, it doesn't really capture the feel. So I was thinking about all that sort of thing. And, and I really was just trying to understand what nostalgia is. Why do we even have it? Does it serve a purpose? That one in particular, you know, that was 2020. And it was such a jacked up year. And I just was mm -hmm. thinking, I want by, by Christmas, I was trying to make something that anyone who watched it would just feel like things were simple then. What mattered, and I, this is what I think nostalgia's purpose is. It's so that we remember the things that actually matter, whether it's innocence, um, family, um, those sorts of things are the most important things in life. Stuff is going to break. It's going to fall apart. We're going to lose it. But, but the memories of people, the simplicity of that stuff, it's the same things that matter for us today. We need to make sure that we're doing that. We're building memories for our kids, that we're building uh, a sense of innocence and family and fun and warmth for our, our kids. And I think the reason why we look back fondly on those things is because those are the things that we should be still doing now. Where I think it gets dangerous is if we're not recreating that now, if we live in the past, but we don't try to create that now. And so I was trying to like recapture that, what matters. Yeah. And it was in a really bad time. And a lot of people made that comment, which really made me happy because it came across to some at least that, yeah, things... I want to I want to recreate this with my family. I think you knocked it out of the park too because a lot of times we'll say, "Well, I like this game. I'm really nostalgic for it." And or I'm nostalgic for a certain movie, but you know, I can rewatch the movie or play the game and it's like, "Well, there's still something missing." And and nostalgia I think is to me at least is a little bit more about the context from which yeah. like the things that were around that thing. So like uh, my my parents were still young and we still went places and my, you know, school was easy and i had this yeah. <laughs> guy as a friend before he moved away so there's like i'm nostalgic for the game but i'm i'm just i miss the world that existed when i played it and you asking those questions in that video brings a lot of that out you're not just showing us a game and being like hey this game existed 35 years ago how about that you probably played it right <laughs> like there's way more to any of this than that and so i think that that video did a good job at, at tickling some parts of my brain that I hadn't thought about in a long time and i was like man i can still smell the the musty room where i used to play my mm. nes because of this freaking video so it's going to be a rewatcher <laughs> for me bud pretty good stuff oh great that my uh, video made you smell a musty room it did. Yeah. So I miss that musty crazy. room though. To some people that's, that's disgusting, but to me that's warm that's warm nostalgia. Yeah. I get a lot of flack on that video though, because they say I said the word remember too many times. <laughs> I mean it it's, is a it's, very it's, common uh <laughs> comment 
but it was intentional. And I, you know, I thought about doing one for Super Nintendo, um, but I don't think I would change that. Uh, Even though people don't like it, it's an, it's like a literary feature. I did it on purpose and believe it or not, I, there, the word Nintendo appears just as many times, but you don't hear it. Right. Right. Because I'm purposely starting many of the sentences with remember. I think it it had an effect. Also, too, I was going to comment on your your voice and the way that you. Uh, we're not going to get into every aspect of your video, by the way, like all the way down to the way you say words. But uh, <laughs> you do have there is a cadence to your videos where after I watch enough of them, I just start talking like that. I'm like, <laughs> go go to my cat. Like, remember, I fed you this morning. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> there's an addictive quality to it for sure. Oh, I appreciate that. I watched your videos initially years ago, and you, you had you had no idea. This was tw- 10, 12 years ago. I uh, was watching some content, just Googling around on YouTube. Like, I'd just gotten into game collecting, and I was like, you know, what are, what are people out there doing? What, what are people saying about this game collecting business? And you had, I think it was like a, I don't know how many, it was like a multi-series uh, mm. group of videos about, you know, what you should look for, what you should do, and all this stuff. Stuff that's right. probably not helpful now but back then sure (laughs) and uh back when prices were different and i watched a a number of those videos and kept up with your channel for a little bit then i go to my very first MacFest. it was like 2013 or something like that and lo and behold to look over we're both digging through the same cartridge bin of (laughs) nes games because only like two in the whole MacFest is more about art what were we thinking we were there digging (laughs) through the one nes bin they had out there and i was like hey i think don't you have a YouTube channel knowing full well that you did? And you're you're like, yeah. I was like, I, I've seen your stuff. That's funny. I got to meet you in the wild. You didn't even know it. You don't you probably don't even remember it, but there you go. I like to, I would oh, like to think I'm the first person to recognize you. You might be. No, seriously, <laughs> you might be. I mean, that was the first year when I first started YouTube. I started in March, and that I think was right around December or January, I think. Yeah, January. Yeah. I'd only gone to Classic Gaming Expo. That was the only other convention I'd gone to at that point. So yeah, probably. But man, I yeah, I wish I do remember did remember that. Like I I did that entire series in one day and I just changed my shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just film act like it's different days, then released it once a week. I had no idea. It, it made it me, easier man. to make an intro with little highlights from the entire thing, right? Mm, there but it you was go. one day. That was back in the day I'd like I'd take a day off work in order to make a video because there was no other time. <laughs> yeah, time is hard to come by, man. I just I mean, don't understand how you guys are so prolific. Well, Alex has tapered off some and so have I recently. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many and I mean, there have been times when it's just such a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm so slow and when I every time I start getting comments, are you alive? <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I'll post something three months later because it takes that long and they're like, oh, I thought you were dead. I get that comment a lot too. I thought you were dead. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your most recurring comments? I'm I'm security by obscurity, right? I don't I don't have a ton of subscribers. Most of my folks pretty swell. So I don't have a recurring one other than like happy Wednesday. Everybody's chill. But there have been some that stand out as just like novels where somebody's like, I know everything about this game. <laughs> I, 
Here's more yeah. words than are in the freaking manual about it. There you go. This is longer than your script, Trav. Let's read it. I don't read those. <laughs> I did have to get thick skin at some point, though. And this is something Alex could talk about if he were here, too. Just sometimes they're bad. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. And so uh, you just have to take the good and then try really hard not to care about the bad. And eventually you won't care. No, I don't care that much. It's just like, you know, whenever I see the comments, there's like every video has like one thing that I maybe said wrong. And that's the comment. Every single comment, it seems. Now I want to do it on purpose. I actually have a pronunciation gag uh, that I do in my videos. If I don't know the right way to say something, I say it every possible way. And then no one's mad. <laughs> or everyone's. Actually, everyone's that mad. Works. But still, yeah. It's, yeah. it does keep keeps the comments civil toward me and then everyone's angry at each other so that that actually <laughs> does work pretty well try that you know what's funny um we when we were like hey we're going to have nes complex on we're going to get you on the on the uh, podcast and we were you know we need to catch up watch a bunch of the videos and i made a comment to alex i was like man the quality of these videos are really good and alex had been alex had been watching a lot of colombo and he was like yeah a little too good <laughs> And I can't stop thinking about that. I'm like, man, they are a little too good. So I got to ask, how you been brushing up the video editing skills? Like, you, what are you doing over there? Is this all just self-taught or? It's, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't even watch videos about it. I Sometimes I just have an idea and I just have to figure out how to do it. Mm. I You know, and like as a teacher, I do PowerPoint a lot and my PowerPoints are like this too. I don't, I don't just put words on a screen. Usually I have all kinds of animations and layers. And so I think a lot of the PowerPoint stuff transferred over. And oh. um, I've also noticed a lot of people that edit also play music. So I used to write music, synthesizer music, like Depeche Mode type stuff. So I was all into that. And so I, I was really familiar with layering and editing and stuff from that. And timing, I think, music helps with that. So I don't know. I appreciate that comment, though. I, yeah, I feel like editing, I see a lot of people and I wish that I could just let go a little more because I edit almost to the word, you know. Or some people, it's okay if it, there's nothing wrong with just having some footage over what you're talking about. It doesn't have to be the thing you're talking about. But mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm, I'm so uh, like anal about it, and it, it's probably a big reason why the videos take so long. No, I 100% get what you're saying. And something that Alex often talks about is like putting it in perspective and saying that, man, I'm just, I'm just making a video about Nickelodeon guts. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And let's just let's just do what we can do and move on. Hopefully no one cares about the four seconds where I didn't show a shoe when I said the word shoe, you know. I go into it with that mindset, but then I'm sitting there and I say a phrase and I'm like, I bet I could find like a, an image comes to mind or there's like, oh, I could use that picture. And, and I just go down too much minutiae. But at the end of the day, I mean, are you proud of the video when it's done? Because I, I, there were places where I was lazy and I was like, it was fine in the moment. I'm like, let's just get the video out. But then every, I can't watch that video because I'm like, oh, there's that one part where I was lazy and I don't, <laughs> that it bothers me. So I wish I had fixed it. Like as an example, maybe not taking the time to find the section in the game that I was describing, but instead I was like, well, let's just, let's just keep playing the footage. Because I, I it is fun to edit like that it is fun to find something so unique or to do it in a weird way yeah that's a good point and you do a great job with all of that stuff i think it's interesting though because we spend a lot of time on that minutia and rarely does anyone care and even 
you know, specific to a game that doesn't really get a lot of acclaim, it's very likely no one's really going to point it out. Although, I am impressed when I find diehard fans of random series. Like, I just posted a video about, about um, it was Kung Fu Heroes, Little Ninja Brothers, and Super Chinese 3. And wouldn't you know it, I found the fan. <laughs> I found the one. Yeah, they uh, they were super into the series. They, they liked the video, and they shared a little bit more information. They were like, hey, uh, you glanced on this, but actually I thought this was interesting. Not like in a well-actually way. They were just like really friendly, wanting to talk about it. And I thought that was cool because I'm like, I found the one person who loves this series. And they came <laughs> by this morning. They were super friendly, and they're going to go off back into the world. I'll never hear from them again. Good for that person. But I just suspect they woke up every morning and started Googling that game over and over until one day, oh, one day they got a hit. Whenever I, I see that situation, I feel like that it has to be that they got that game for Christmas when they were eight, and mm -hmm. that was the only thing they had. So they, they formed a love for something that's really not very lovable. That's the yes. only explanation. Yeah, you bring that up in that NES video, too. I'm like, that's spot on. It was the only game you had, and that's why you love it. I don't really see that so much right now. Like with my students, I don't see this carrying over. It's like they all just have whatever's hot at the time. And there oh. is, I don't know what, how any of these other games sell. Because the only thing I ever hear them talk about is whatever's hot at that moment. It's yeah, like the other stuff doesn't exist. Yeah, I guess we came from a time when, like, the the history before the NES, I mean, it was there, the Atari and stuff like that, but it was just less accessible. The NES was, was a notch above. That was just so groundbreaking. That was all we had, and we didn't have, like, digital games everywhere. We didn't have all these avenues to play them, no tablets, and it wasn't as ubiquitous. And so maybe they just right. don't, get, don't get as hooked on that one thing because they're just used to their being constant new. Whereas we were like, I got my three games... And I might get another one next year for Christmas, and I'll have four games. Oh, right. There weren't as many <laughs> games either. Yeah, exactly. You think with all the different systems and right. phones, like all the apps, there's so much constantly coming out. They don't have enough time. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm curious because you you know we've, we've brought up that you're a teacher. Do your students, are they aware of, of NES Complex? Do they care? So, um, you know, for a long time, I didn't talk about it at all. I didn't really mm -hmm. want my name to be associated with it. Uh, one time at back to school night, though, a dad came up to me afterward and he's like, I, I watch your YouTube channel. <laughs> that was pretty trippy. So he I, said and it then, secretly, like he knew something you, about you, know, he, you. he could up, hold over your head. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Maybe not hold over my head. But yeah, he came up to me afterward and uh, after I did my little spiel about the class and and told me that. And then later at Christmas, he gave me a Genesis with like a stack of games in, in one Dude. of those you know grocery bag type things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And then uh, because of that, his son was in my class. And so he ended up saying stuff. So now I have like graffiti in my textbooks, NES complex, you know, it's good <laughs> stuff though. Like my books are full of like very kind words, but yeah, at well, this point, at this point, uh, they all pretty much know. I don't talk about it too much. Do um, do you see that they have at least tried to be interested in the NES for your sake? Are they like, yeah, I was curious, so I looked up and watched your videos, but they're not for me, man. It's not Fortnite, but... Oh, I tell them not to watch it. I'm like, oh, okay. please don't subscribe because I know you're not into this. <laughs> I, I, don't, right. I don't know what that does to the algorithm if I get 150 kids every year who don't actually care. <laughs> like... 
Oh, that's hilarious. But they inevitably do. They'll watch some of it and they'll, they'll come back and tell me. Or sometimes they'll comment, hey, you're my teacher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. man. <laughs> How adorable. Uh, that's funny. It is that pretty. Is it's pretty cool, though. It, I think that uh, obviously the most of these kids want to be YouTube famous. And so when they find out and, and uh, they actually look at it and they see the channel, they're like, oh, wow. And they want to know, like, how do you do that? Like, good freaking luck. It is hard, especially now, the landscape now. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, they have no idea. The landscape is, it's tough. It's saturated. It's hard to stand out. It takes a lot of work. And they don't, they don't have any perspective of what you would get out of it. Like, there's personal joy that comes from this, but it's not about notoriety, really, you know. Um, you build a, a community based on what you do. And the flip side of that is that uh, most of the internet is full of hateful people. And I think that's something that kids, uh, well, they're a part of, um, <laughs> but they don't understand what it's like on that receiving end. Yeah, there's so many layers of what it requires. And uh, yeah, most kids, they do not want to put in the work at all. Yeah, the work and they don't want to, they don't want to hear the feedback. Hey, let's face it. I mean, there's a point, everyone who does this, there is a point where it, it drives you nuts and you have to say, I don't care. Where you feel like, what the flip am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'll tell you what I've been doing. And I think you'll appreciate this. Last night, I did, I pulled off an unthinkable feat on the NES. I never thought I could do it. I've been trying for a long time. I finally beat that original Turtles. I know everybody's turtle oh. crazy these days. <laughs> I beat the one on the old NES. I tell you, I feel, I feel like a brand new man. I could let anybody that comments on the next videos of my, just come up and slap me across the face. It won't affect me at all because I beat that OG <laughs> Turtles. That game's hard as crap, but we pulled it uh. off. Did you say you had beaten turtles? Or you, had you? I have not. Ah, no. But that's like on the short list. I, I'm. I want to do a video, a declassified on that game. So on that whole, I love the turtles so much. Yeah, I would say f the scrolls. You have to get the scrolls. You have right. to go. That's what it is. Farm those scrolls. Get get a hundred, and it'll make the game super duper easy. Well, I'm and about uh, to give that game a go. Oh man, like, pretty soon. I would if you do uh, a, a retrospective. Me. I am so freaking down, man. Oh, that'd be amazing. Well, there's so much. Like, I have a lot of Turtles lore and, and books about the Turtles already. Yeah. And I still have all my Turtles from when I was a kid. Oh, no joke. Oh, so awesome. it'll. I'm looking forward to filming that stuff. That's kind of, I don't know if that was your thing, but that was Transformers yeah. and Turtles were my thing. Oh, dude, the Turtles were my thing to the point that to this day when I still see that old school logo, there's a little part of me that gets super duper giddy. Like... It doesn't yep. matter. It could be like my grandma's funeral. If someone walked by in a turtle's t-shirt, I'd be like, that's my dude. That's my guy. I want that shirt. Wow. Like, I'm into it. Yeah. Just the logo Did alone. Did you get makes any of those re-releases at Walmart? Uh no. Yeah, just uh maybe last year they re-released them in the old packaging and everything. Oh. The old oh, style. The figures. Wow. No, I did not. Yeah. The I found the four turtles, but they had all kinds of stuff. They had that turtle van and everything. I just didn't go oh, too man. crazy. I don't have enough space for it. That's that's what I was getting ready to say. Like I could take on another collection, but I would have to get rid of my daughter. So I'll just she can't I'll live just with keep, the turtles. It would just be too much. It's either her is stuff her, or my stuff at this point. So yeah, her room isn't already a Nintendo room. It, right now, it's mostly Disney princesses. I've not ah. uh, I've not had a chance to indoctrinate her with Nintendo goodness. Although. Yeah. 
It's funny uh, to get really inside baseball with my life. Um, all of my games are downstairs, right? So that's all my stuff okay. is downstairs and her, her room is upstairs. But uh, we don't let her just come downstairs. So there's kind of like a partition to the house. And so when right. she wants to come downstairs and see daddy's room, which is a very supervised area, right? There's a lot of stuff she could break. It's, a, it's expensive stuff. Um, you know, she knows that that's a separate world. And so she thinks that Princess Peach and Zelda are downstairs princesses. And her Disney princesses are upstairs princesses, and that's how she refers to them. And she'll talk to her friends and be like, I was playing with daddy's downstairs princesses the other day. And I'm like, don't. It's just weird when you say it like that. Just say you play with a little peach amiibo. Just say that. Play with daddy's that downstairs princesses. so interesting. Princesses. Like, you know, yeah. we've only talked for a little while, and you've already said you measure time in, in number of houses. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. the length of a Lord of the Rings movie, and your daughter now measures like the rooms in the house by which one, which princesses are associated with it. It's, which it's, princesses in the bathroom is the question. <laughs> right, right, and right now it's Moana. She's she's in there, oh. but um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I do my my family long long history of just telling time incorrectly, but um, we're in the ballpark usually, and that's the important oh. thing. <laughs> uh well i appreciate you taking the time man i really appreciate it. this was a lot of fun yeah thanks for having me on yeah i'm looking forward to really just anything you do i'm hooked now i went back through i'm i'm all declassified i'm all reclassified i'm everything i've gone through so i'm ex i'm excited and eager to see more of your content i know you're going to a big um you're going to the southeast game exchange this weekend this podcast will publish on a friday morning is there a chance of people catch this they live in the area. Could they get over and see what you're up to over there in time? It publishes tomorrow morning or this Friday uh, morning? The 8th, yeah. So the, the okay, con is yeah. what, the 9th and 10th? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So if you are in the Greenville area, South Carolina, anywhere near that in driving distance, uh, a lot of great guests are going to be out there. It's a really good show. Uh, very big vendor floor. Um, lots of good panels. I mean, if you've been to a convention, there there's a lot of similarities, but Greenville has a, a very good group of gamers, just local gamers too. Really good people. I feel very welcome there, um, more so than, than a lot of places. And so That's come out, awesome. come say hi. Love to see people. Yeah. And as it says here on your southeastgameexchange.com profile, you're 6'4 and you should be easy to find. So there, there you go, folks. <laughs> if I found the guy digging through an NES bin, you can find him too. So You should come. I should. It's three hours from me, but if it were any closer than that, I would. <laughs> Actually, you know what? There's a chance. I'm not going to make any promises. It would be but cool. I am going to North Carolina this weekend, and it touches South Carolina. Why can't we just pop on down? You right? know, maybe so. <laughs> if you do, man, we should hang out for sure. Yeah. Find me yeah, again. Absolutely. I'll just be I walking will. around the whole time. This time I'll make it memorable. <laughs> We already know that YouTube channel. Are there any other social medias that people can locate you on? Um, I, I mean, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but I rarely ever use that. Okay. I kind of just do the videos and let the work do speak for itself. <laughs> and it's working so far. All right, folks. Well, be sure to check out NES Complex on YouTube. And, and thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. Hey, guess what? You can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll respond or read it eventually. Usually we just read it. We rarely ever respond. Uh, and then you can pop on over to polymedianetwork.com and find more podcasts. I already brought up uh, IndieQuest, but we also have Tales of the Lesser Medium, which just uh, released its fifth season. We're, we're clowning on the whole narrative of the Uncharted series, so check that out. Really funny stuff. 
really funny. I appreciate that. Have a few laughs over there. We got Polykill if you're just trying to beat some games off that old backlog. We got Petey's Power Hour if you're trying to get crunk. And brand new to the network starting uh, actually the day that this <laughs> drops, we also have a movie podcast with myself and my pal Kev, who I met through Improv. It's called Uncle Doug's DVD Bin. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Our first movie is going to be about Dirty Dancing because how else can yes. two guys get together and get to know each other yes. than over some I Dirty Dancing? So check that out. <laughs> that's excellent i you know that's one of those things where all i need to do is read the title uncle doug's dvd bin. <laughs> yeah it should, i feel like it should be uncle doug's dvd barrel or something like that like <laughs> movie bucket like, yeah movie bucket yes that's perfect I love it. <laughs> but yeah looking forward to checking that out um and by the way we could use some more emails uh mm. i'm throwing down some punk cards here uh from some of you usuals, come on, Jono. Jono. Uh, you're always emailing us. Come on, Jono. Uh, Bill Chicago, can we get some Bill Chicago in our lives, please? That's right. Uh, I, I, I see Bill Chicago uh, commenting every once in a while on the on the YouTube, on the old YouTubes, so I appreciate you, Bill. Yes, WG. Who else is there? There's oh. there's Michael Wilbon. I mean, Michael wasn't. Oh, there's T- Hall of Famer Tim Brown. Don't uh, now. Don't we forget need to hear from you. Uh, next next episode, we're going to be interviewing John Riggs. We need John Allen Riggs to email us too. That's right. That's right. John Allen Riggs. If you're out there, if you're listening, we need an email from you. We need Riggs on Riggs. We gotta have it. We gotta have Riggs on Riggs action. But uh, yeah, we need emails. Uh, and if you can't do that, just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. And you can uh, rate on Spotify. Right now, do it right now. Uh, you can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex, he's at Snest Drunk, and just just pop on over to YouTube and find NES Complex. He's around there somewhere. And as always, the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now is composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. Oh I did it. Oh my God, he did I didn't it. Screw it up. Oh my God, right. he did it. Uh, wow. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. I did it. And we hope you have a great, great rest of your day. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Come on. Oh, I swear to God that was not planned. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna... Are you fucking for real? <laughs> <laughs>